0: What well, the have you are now tuned in to the pocket space and just sat back and I'm ready clean. Let me take your thought, far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if he would join us.
1: What's happening, Fall, Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archive. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going well on your side of the galaxy. Everything is about the same out here on the outer rim. Lightsabers are igniting and blasters are firing but I do have some exciting news to share with you, and it's about the up-and-coming Star Wars movie. Just when it seems like the main film saga concluded with the rise of Skywalker, the force of creativity proved to be unstoppable. With entry in George Lucas's visionary series, new characters emerge, and the events of the original trilogy expand, leaving us hungry for more. This year's Star Wars celebration revealed the exciting plans for future movies, and one of them will be held by none other than James Mangold, the director of Indiana Jones 5. But let's rewind a bit. Back in 2018, rumors circulated about James Mangold joining in the Star Wars universe. He was rumored to be working on a potential Boba Fett movie. However, he debunked those rumors. Although the Boba Fett movie might remain in his distant dreams, Mangold has found his way back into the Star Wars saga, teasing fans by sharing his plans to explore a time long before the existence of the Jedi Knights. Introducing Donna the Jedi, Mangold's up coming Star Wars film, that will take us back in time to when the Force was still a mysterious force, yet to be discovered. Imagine diving into a world where the first individuals harnessed and experienced the power of the Force, long before the likes of Luke, Anakin, and Rey, and other familiar characters that took their first step on this mythical path. The concept itself is enthralling, as it allows us to witness the genesis of the Jedi Order, unveiling the secrets of the energy field that envelops the entire galaxy. It's another opportunity to expand on the knowledge of this beloved sci-fi franchise. And visionary filmmakers like Jane Magall are more than willing to fill in the gaps.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDIC.
1: From my perspective, he has chosen to offer Star Wars fans something fresh and original. A chance to explore the roots of this captivating science fiction saga by venturing deep into the origins of Star Wars. Mango has displayed his willingness to trust his instinct and continue to pitch this unique vision to the president of Lucasfilms. As he himself shared, Dawn of the Jedi will be part of three new Star Wars movies, with one installment focused on the return of Rey, directed by the talented Charmina amid Additionally, Dave Filoni is set to conclude the Mandalorian saga with his own up-and-coming career. Clearly, Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, was captivated by the concept of Dawn of the Jedi. She recognized the potential for the continuous story within the ever-expanding space opera. The sheer magnitude of George Lucas's creation with this vast array of characters and timeline offers limitless possibilities for new perspectives. Kennedy envisioned the future of the franchise film strategy by taking inspiration from the James Bond series, releasing new Star Wars films every three to four years. This approach allows the story to unfold gradually relieving the pressure of an annual release and ensuring a captivated and thoughtful crafted journey, which it hasn't happened like that because it's 2023 and we're not getting a movie. But with James Mangold go at the helm, Star Wars is about to venture further into the saga than ever before, preparing to witness the birth of the Force. As this upcoming film promises to answer the burning questions surrounding the mythical powers, the Force will be resonating within the hearts of fans as they eagerly await the unveiling of the secret hidden within the thrilling and the mysterious chapters of the Star Wars universe and I'm super excited to see us. "Donna the Jedi is a great book, and I hope they use part of the book in the story. But now let's get back to Star Wars Brotherhood, because when we left off last week, we had learned some new information. We learned that Qui-Gon Jinn meant more to Anakin and Obi-Wan than we have been led to believe in the movies. But this part did leave us on a cliffhanger, because it did not tell us what Mill was going to say to Yoda. So let's jump back into the story and find out what's going to happen next. Anakin Skywalker.
0: Palpatine's speech played out in front of them. Anakin and Obi-Wan stood in the alcove of the Senate, watching the mix of theatrical oration and dense political policy. Somewhere on the other side of the massive rotunda sat Padme, probably with Bail Organa. Other Jedi lingered in the outer hallways, listening as their fate would be decided by politicians rather than the Jedi Council. ...though many remained in the Jedi Temple itself. It is profoundly disappointing that in the aftermath of the Kaetomi Mordia tragedy... ...the Trade Federation today has reaffirmed its commitment to neutrality... ...despite the overwhelming and, dare I say, disturbing evidence presented by the Republic. The fact that other sinister forces are at play is clear. And the only choice is this. We must do whatever we can for this war to reach its conclusion as quickly as possible. Anakin found Palpatine's words righteous. They came loaded with an understanding of the fragility of the situation that others lacked. Obi-Wan, on the other hand, held a grim pose, hand over his beard. We know that there are those attempting to take advantage of this conflict. It poses a threat to our short-term and long-term stability. The only answer is decisive strategic action. Scattered voices began murmuring from the nearest parts. The rise of extremism necessitates a bold new initiative. The official integration of the Jedi Order into the Grand Army of the Republic. Such an action will allow Republic forces to push further, strike harder, and move more swiftly. Shouts came from various parts, with applause and cheers sprinkled between. This initial surge may cause a strong reaction from the Separatists. They may resist, but between the strength of our Clone Army and... Palpatine paused, and Anakin knew him well enough to know that the shift in tone meant The smallest smile crept onto his face. The wisdom of the Jedi. We will defeat the Separatist threat and ensure unity in the Republic. Peace is within our grasp, and now is the time to take it. Applause roared from the Senate Pods. A patriotic fervor, delivering a sustained cheer for the Chancellor the likes of which Anakin couldn't recall. Though, to be fair, he didn't really watch many political discussions. Obi-Wan clearly didn't agree. You look unhappy, Anakin whispered. A faster end of the war is a good thing. The Chancellor will be able to take more decisive action now. I already know what accelerated integration means. Of course Obi-Wan would know. In recent days, Anakin's former master received word that the Council found his performance on Cato Neimoidia so impressive ...that his seat would become permanent. If he'd had any reservations about filling and Trebor's boots, though, Obi-Wan didn't show it, at least not to Anakin. Instead, the only constant on Obi-Wan's mind seemed to be the state of the war. Who fought where, what intelligence was learned, how quickly the skirmishes spread, and how the Republic now had much more influence in Jedi affairs. The Council was informed several days ago, but we were instructed to keep quiet until this formal announcement. Obi-Wan turned without even a final look as Palpatine continued on about General Grievous' recent strike on key supply chains for war munitions. Anakin followed him, a casual stroll in the Senate's near-empty hallways, despite the high-alert circumstances swallowing the entire galaxy. A cleaning droid passed by chirping about being low on charge, but the rest of the building's visitors clustered around Palpatine's speech. We will be generals commanding troops. We're already generals commanding troops. General Skywalker, Anakin said, doing a poor imitation of the clone's accent. No, I mean officially. Generals of the Grand Army of the Republic. Padawans will be commanders. The Jedi will hold true military standing in terms of strategy and resources. Our relationship with the Republic will now go far beyond peacekeeping and mediation. Obi-Wan never let his feelings show. But as he continued describing the emerging military responsibilities of the Jedi, his face turned ashen. We will be provided additional weapons and armor. I don't need armor, Anakin said. They stopped in front of a screen broadcasting the holonet, a newscast showing recordings of the trial from Cato Neimoidia, and Anakin soaring in for the rescue. See? Does it look like I need armor? Obi-Wan shook his head. Anakin's quip likely interrupting his internal risk-reward calculations of how much armor would impede his agility versus adding an extra layer of protection. What have we gotten ourselves into? He asked with a sigh. Body armor, apparently. The Jedi negotiator, Obi-Wan Kenobi, pled the Republic's case, said the reporter on the holonet. As the recording switched to Obi-Wan's speech on Cato Neimoidia. those words carried a strange cadence. I have seen the evidence. I have seen it in my own investigation, as well as data gathered by others. Evidence pointing to the Separatists. That's weird. Did you see that? Anakin asked. Isn't that when you talked about the Republic materials? The recording cut again to Anakin. This time as he launched his lightsaber through two groups of battle droids. Fortunately, Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker was there. Truly a hero with no fear as he took on the oncoming armada. A low groan came from Obi-Wan. Any levity from clips about body armor seemingly erased. The holonet is nothing but propaganda for politicians. It's not exactly known for its accuracy. I don't know, Anakin said with a laugh. Hero with no fear? I thought I looked pretty dashing there. Anakin, I'm serious. He pointed to the action on screen like something out of a hollow drama rather than a news report. You know, if we're going to be on the net together, you might want to cut that hair. What? Any grim hesitation from Obi Wan disappeared, instantly switching to a surprise defensiveness. Did Obi Wan actually care about his appearance? Anakin reveled in this evidence of unexpected vanity from his former master. Though he chose not to disclose how he and Padme mocked Obi-Wan's shoulder-length locks. I'm just saying, people are going to be seeing a lot of us. Ah, us. This was Skywalker and Kenobi as they should be. A team built on emotion and intellect, bravado and control, fire and ice. And despite no longer having the formal bond of master and apprentice, they would always be connected. In fact, they were better this way. Qui-Gon Jinn would have agreed. Anakin
1: was certain of it. Once again, this part was just more talking. And I didn't like that Mike left us on a cliffhanger last week and didn't tell us what Mill was gonna say to Yoda in this part. I hate when authors do that. We heard Palpatine giving a speech and Anakin and Obi-Wan talking. Other than that, this part really didn't offer much. But that doesn't mean this episode is over quite yet because we still have the quote of the week. And this week's quote comes to us from Dennis P. Kimbrough. He said life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. Dennis beautifully encapsulates the profound truth in his words. Our reaction holds the key to shaping our destiny and determining the quality of our lives. This quote serves as a reminder that our responses to life circumstances have far-reaching consequences, wielding immerse influences over our personal growth and overall well-being. It's a notion that challenges us to think deeply about the roles of our reaction in shaping our lives. Then this implies that while we cannot control every situation that occurs, we have the power to control our responses, and that's where the real magic lies. This quote prompts us to examine our reactions and their impact on our existence. It serves as a gentle call to take ownership of our responses, recognizing their potential to steer the course of our lives, rather than allowing circumstances to define us. It urges us to reclaim our personal power and consciously choose how we navigate life's ups and downs. We can apply this quote by developing a highest sense of self-awareness, observing our reaction to various situations, and evaluating whether they serve our greater good. It encourages us to embrace resilience optimism and adaptability as we encounter life's inevitable changes instead of allowing negativity or helplessness to consume us this quote beckons us to channel our energy into finding solution maintaining positive attitude and seeking growth opportunities within every setback by acknowledging that our reactions hold the key to our well-being we open the door for personal transformation we are empowered to cultivate a mindset of strength and positivity even in the face of adversity Rather than succumbing to victimhood, we choose to be the architects of our own destiny, sculpting lives filled with purpose, joy, and fulfillment. So let us remember the profound wisdom of Dennis's words, and the dance between life's events and our responses. May we strive to embody the understanding that our reactions shape our reality by conscious self-reflection, intentional choices, and the cultivating of an empowering mindset. We embark on a journey that elevates us to new heights of personal growth, resilience, and inner peace. And I think that's about it for this episode. Join us next week for part 53 of Star Wars Brotherhood. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Audio Archives. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shit and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Swaycast Networks. This show was produced by Quinn McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.